we hope that this message encourages you today. For more information about us, please visit myfreedom.church. This morning, it's going to be more of like a, a teaching than a, than a preaching thing. So um, let me ask you this question. Okay, let me ask two questions. The first question is, who's brought your Bible? Okay, stick your Bible in the air. If it's on your phone, stick your phone in the air. Okay. All right, okay. When was the last time you read it? Yeah? Good, 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 okay. Let me suggest you bring your Bible to church, everyone. Don't forget it. You might need it. You never know, all right? Or at least the app on your phone or something like that. What, yeah, and what I meant by that last question, just to go back to that, was when was the last time you actually committed a good chunk of time to sitting and reading it? When was the last time you, you, you gave a good... You don't have to answer that, by the way. Don't, I don't want to guilt trip you into answering that. Um, <laughs> I, I remember, I've, I've said this to you before, I remember a number of years ago when we were doing um, uh, like a young adults group, uh, we, we were talking about, we were going through a book, um, I can't now remember what the book, it's possibly about discipleship, I think it was actually, um, and one of the questions in the book was, when was the last time you read your Bible? So I said, when was the last time you read your Bible, guys? And to my surprise, they said, well, the, the generic answer was, we haven't read it for a while. We've, we've read inspirational quotes off the internet. <laughs> we've possibly got an odd daily email here and there, but we haven't actually sat down and read it. And I didn't, I'm not being judgmental towards these guys. I, you know, God loves them and, and what have you. But I was a little bit shocked because these, these are really good young adults that are a lot older now, but they were, you know, they, they were properly going for God and what have you, and, and it was apparent they had a good life you know, in, in terms of their prayer life and what have you, but actually sitting down and reading the Bible, they were all wonderfully open to say, we haven't done that for a while, we haven't sat down and read the Bible. And this is our young, was, was our young people back then, and I guess the question is now, are we encouraging our young people to sit down and simply read the Bible? Are we, are we doing that as, as parents, as carers, as those who have influence over our young people? Are we encouraging them to read the Holy Word of God? Now, you've probably heard sermons before about reading Scripture, and, and I've probably even said a sermon or two in the past about kind of reading Scripture and how we do it and what have you. But um, in the coming months, myself and Stu, we sat down a, a week or so ago, and we just felt this, 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 um, uh, this weight to to want to preach uh, more of, let me try and be careful because it's not like we don't preach from the Bible, we wanted to organise the way we preach in such a way that it encourages us all as a body to actually sit down and open the word and begin to read it, simply read it. Um, and so the things that we're planning and, and what have you over the coming months into the new year and what have you, will begin to focus in on that encouragement for us all to sit down and read our word. And in fact, I think what we'll probably do is pick one book and work our way through it. And that will take a number of weeks. Um, we've sometimes done, we've taken a book and taken themes from a book in the past, but I don't recall the last time in our church that we actually went, right, let's start in verse one and finish at the last verse and take however long it takes to work our way through this book. 
Um, I think that would be incredibly helpful for us to do. And it'll certainly be a challenge. It'll be a challenge to preach that, but it'll be a challenge to listen to it as well. Because, you know, you get to your fourth or fifth week, it's like, oh, we're still there. We're still in that book. Um, but really, hopefully, by the time we get there, you're not feeling that. You go, that's actually quite encouraging. I'm, I'm so looking forward to hearing what, what the next thing is, what's coming up. And the best thing is you've got your own Bible, so you can actually see what's coming up and, and think about it yourself and, and, and come up with some uh, thoughts and ideas around what we're preaching. So we're going to do that. Excuse me. Um, but I wanted to start this morning, I wanted to kind of give you a flavour of laying down some basic groundwork for why we need to read and study the Bible. How we need to read and study the Bible. Now, there are lots of um, reasons why we need to study our Bible and know what's in it. And I want to take a, a look at just a few of those, but hopefully it'll just spur you on a little bit. And if you're seasoned in your faith, um, as it were, um, maybe it'll just motivate you a little bit more to motivate others to, to work through scriptures. Now, the reason we need to study our Bible, know what's in it, um, is that it help us grow spiritually. I want to just say, actually, I was sat down with John Master Giovanni um, after he spoke last week. We had lunch together. And he, one of the statements he came out with was, I don't want to be a Bible-centered church. I want us to be a Jesus-centered church. And I, I, I agreed and disagreed all at the same time. Because I, I want to be a Jesus-centered church, but we see Jesus throughout Scripture. So if we're reading our Bible, then we're seeing Jesus and we're a Jesus-centered church. I, I know what he's getting at. We, the, the, what he was trying to say was that too many churches over the eons, over the centuries, have, have, have taken what they read in the Word and made it an argument. You know, So you believe this and they believe that, therefore they're wrong, even though we're both reading the same texts. Um, so I know what he was getting at. But I guess it just for me, I just thought, no, I, I want to be a Bible-centered church and a Jesus-centered church, recognizing that Jesus is throughout Scripture. And that actually we look at Scripture through the lens of, of what we know of Christ. So it will help us grow spiritually. Um, and and the, that spiritual growth is, is dependent um, on our consistent intake of the Word of God as spiritual food. Um, the author of Hebrews, which might be the Apostle Paul, did a little bit of research. It might be. A lot of people say it is, but some people say it isn't. All right. So whoever it is, all right, um, he was, he, whoever they were, they were writing to the first century Jewish Christians. All right. So in Hebrew, it's, you know, it's the, the clues in the name of the book, Hebrews. They're writing to the Jewish Christians, the early, early Jews who converted to Christianity, who decided to follow Christ. They were still Jews. You know, their, 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 their nationality was Jewish. Their, their uh, traditions were Jewish, but they were moving ever so slowly into a new way of doing things, a new way of looking at things. And, and sometimes that divided their community because some people wanted to do some of the Jewish stuff still. Some people wanted to do, not do that because Christ had said you don't need to do that anymore and things like that. But and nevertheless, he, he was speaking into, writing into this situation. And he said that, you know, the, we could, the Bible... As we take it in, are we, are we taking in milk or solid food? So it says this in Hebrews 5 from verse 12. For you should already be professors. I like this translation. It's the new Passion Translation. It's the Passion Translation, not the new Passion Translation. I haven't, I haven't written that yet. It's just the Passion Translation. For you should already be professors, instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning 
the basics of God's prophetic oracles. That's quite nice, isn't it? Prophetic oracles. You're like children, still needing milk and not ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters, and they've been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. Now, a new convert to Christianity, a new convert to Christianity, they need the milk of the word. They need to just read it. You know, I hear and have seen and have read of people who have been so changed by just reading the Gospels. You know, they've become a new Christian. They've started in the Gospels, which is always a good place to start for any new Christian. And it's just changed them. It's changed their world. Their world has gone upside down. Or it might have even helped them convert to Christianity um, simply because they decided to sit down and just read the Gospels. And they, they need that. They, be, they need that to grow through that intake of spiritual nourishment, just like, just like babies do, don't they? They start with milk and they have that for a long time and it helps them grow and develop. But at some point some point you're going to have to start eating solid food. And a lot of us in this church, particularly I look out now, <laughs> through the small community that we are right now, um, a lot of us aren't, we're not newborns, are we? We're not newborns. We've, we've been around the block now for, for quite a while. Um, and we should actually be very much disciples, discipling one another, being, allowed, being ourselves allowed to be discipled. And we should be taking in solid food or meat, some translations say meat, uh, for our growth beyond that newborn that newborn stage. and So milk helps us to a certain point, but after that we need solid food and protein for continued growth. Now, as you begin to taste and see all that is good, you know, some things you won't like. You know, in normal food, you discover you don't like some things. I don't like onions. And they're in everything, which makes it quite awkward. Um, I especially don't like Brussels sprouts. They're of the devil. And they weren't in existence before the fall. All right? <laughs> just, just to take that analogy, that's, when you start reading and studying the Bible, there are going to be things in there that you find indigestible. That you, you, as, as you begin to eat that solid food, you, you're going you're to have to chew in it for a long time until you swallow it. I used to put brown sauce in my Brussels sprouts when I was, when I, when I was forced to eat them. And eat them whole, almost choke, because I, I find them, dis- honestly, I find them disgusting, folks. I don't know how you love them. Um, I like the idea of them, but I hate them. Um, anyway, I can't let it go. So I used to dump brown sauce in it and eat it whole. And I think, I think a little bit at times with, with scripture, we, we get to it and we don't, we, we don't even want to eat it. We just avoid it altogether. We, we, we skip past it. You don't even try to put brown sauce on it and eat it. You just, you just skip past it altogether. But we need to start tackling this stuff. As mature Christians, we need to be in the word, beginning to digest the word uh, and to tackle all those things that uh, we find a little bit unpa- more unpalatable than the others. Um, that's, that's what I'm talking about, when, when the difference, I guess, between reading and, and studying. So... I know that a lot of you aren't new to faith, so if you've been a Christian for a long time, and, and like I say, I agree with the writer of the Hebrews that you need to have this regular intake of the Word of God, because the more, the more you mature in the faith, the more meat that you eat, the, the stronger in your faith you become, and, and the more in-depth 
study you're going to need to, to grow even further. You're going to need to... Uh, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a simple one. It, it really is. It really is. Love one another, love yourself, make disciples. You know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite simple. But if it was just that, we wouldn't have the Bible. We'd just have like a, a note being passed around. Love others, love one another, uh, love yourself, you know, make disciples. But it's not. There's so much more to it than just that. And if we choose to not study the Word of God, if we choose to not sit down and work our way through it and, and to, to, to get the bits that are difficult to, to, to grasp, but, you know, on the surface, you need to dig in a little bit more, then I suggest that we, we, we might become stagnant in our walk with, with, with Christ. Because it's, it is what Jesus quoted from Scripture plenty of times. So, you know, as Jesus sent to church, he was a, he was a Scripture-centred person. He, he pulled out Scriptures again and again and again. Um, so if we don't, I think we'll become stagnant in our walk with Christ. And if, you find, if you're finding yourself in that place, then the suggestion is go read the Word. Just actually, before you begin to study it again, just begin to read it again. Just begin to get it inside you. Because if we're stagnant, we're not going to produce good fruit for the kingdom, are we? We're, we're, just, we're, just, we're not going to be a good example, I don't think, to the world around us that's looking for answers um, if we're just stagnant and producing no fruit because we haven't read the scripture. I'll talk more in a minute about the different ways that we can have this in-depth study. But first, I want to look at another reason that we need to study the word of God. And that is this, if we study his word, we can be guided and directed in our lives. Now, quite often people say it's an instruction manual for life. That sounds nice. But I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think we've just got to be careful um, saying that. I can't go... Because if it's an instruction manual that's just there in black and white and this does... You know, instruction manuals tell you A goes to B goes to C goes to D and you can't do it any other way. And I think if we're looking at Scripture as an instruction manual, then, then it becomes that. It becomes a legalistic thing that we use to hit other people over the head with. So we've just got to be very careful we don't do that. But nevertheless, it is a book that, that guides, that can guide us and can direct us. So I, I don't want to take anything away from it. It's divinely inspired after all. But, but just, it's not an instruction manual. It's, it's something in which we discover Christ. Again, Christ-centered church. But here's the thing. Too often the Bible isn't our first port of call. So if you've got an issue uh, or something's going on, whatever it might be, where, where do you go? What do you hit first? You know, because sometimes the Bible, it's not even our second or third port of call. You know, maybe we go to our friends first, our best friend, we tell them what's going on. Maybe we go to our parents. Maybe we go to, you know, one of us here or maybe even the leadership here. Um, and some of us might even resort to looking at stuff up on YouTube and saying, well, what do other preachers or sermons say about the particular issue that I've got? Rather than praying and reading the word. And so what does God say about this? Now all of these people, it'd be odd if I didn't say this, they are a great resource for guidance. So friends are good resources for guidance. Um, uh, church leadership should be a good, we should be a good signpost to help you, to guide you, um, um, your, your wife, whatever. They're great people, good people. But the point I want to stress is that if the best, guide, the best guidance you can get, if you're truly seeking God's will for your life, is from God himself. Quite often we can get stuck in reading books about the Bible instead of just reading the Bible. There's some awesome, fantastic, wonderful books out there and I'd encourage you to read them. But that's not your first port of call. Your first port of call is from God himself. 
And like I say, we can do that through prayer, um, which we've talked about prayer many, many, many times over <laughs> the last number of years. And we are a prayerful church. We're a prayerful community. But we, we, we've got to do it as, as well as pray. We've got to be studying his word and seeing what does his word say. What is it revealing to me? By his spirit, what is it revealing to me as I read his word? Um, God, through many divinely inspired authors, councils, and even martyrs. This is the thing as well. Like, and I think about how we've got the Bibles that we've got. The people have died. They've shed blood. Good, honest, wonderful believers over the centuries have shed blood to bring us the word of God in the language that we can understand. Uh, and, and, and across the world, even now, people are, are, are killed because they have a scrap of scripture in their hands or they're spirited away to somewhere never to be seen again. Um, so think about that the next time you're not reading your Bible. You know, who, who, is, who has died to give you this thing? Um, so, you know, councils, martyrs, they brought us that Bible. It's a powerful, it's life-changing collection of texts. It really is. And when we read it, and when we try and apply it to our lives, God will use it. He will use it to give us direction. He will. Now, here's the second thing. If we want to be effective as disciples in evangelism, then, then we've got to be in the Word of God on a daily basis. And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because I mean, how can we be effective witnesses for Christ if we don't know what the Bible tells us? Um, we, we, we have to have something to say to unbelievers. We don't bash them around with head with scripture, with, with things they don't understand. I'm not one of these people who go, well, just tell them, you know, this verse here and this verse here, because they don't care. <laughs> Why would they care about the word of God? They're not, they're not believers. All right? They won't make sense to them. They won't understand it. So I'm not suggesting that we do that. But the point is, we should understand it. We should understand what the word is saying to us. And actually then through his word and through the very real presence of Christ in our lives, then what we say to them can be potentially life-changing. What we say to those who don't believe it can be potentially life-changing if we understand what we're talking about. Having a a, a good knowledge of the Bible is a helpful tool in leading others to Christ. And that doesn't mean you have to be a biblical scholar. I am not a biblical scholar. I don't know anywhere near uh, as much about the Bible and the different books and things I probably should do. And I would imagine 90% of you in here probably go, well, I think I, I, need, I shouldn't, could know more. And that's kind of my point of this, this, this talk this morning. Um, so I'm not a biblical scholar, but we, we, we do need to have a good understanding of Scripture. So let me give you an example. Right? What would you say to someone if they say to you, why do I have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven? Think about your answer. What are you going to say? What are you going to think about as you even give an answer to that question? Go on, John, what would you say? Why do I have to believe in Jesus to go to heaven? Shout it out loud so the microphone picks you up. Okay. I would start from a different place. Uh huh. I would suggest that uh, knowing God is not about going to heaven, so it's the here and now that counts. Great. And that God already has a relationship for us. That we need to open our eyes to. Okay, I like I like that answer. That's a fine answer, and it's it's not wrong at all. Alan, what would you say? Would, uh, uh, say it loudly. <laughs> I would uh, quote the scripture. 
Okay, you quote scripture. Yeah, that I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Would have to prove You'd have to say something Father more. Jesus yeah, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm not going to ask everybody. Again, that's going to the Father. What's that? It's not going to heaven, it's going to the Father. The Father is in heaven. Right. It's going to the Father is yeah, the point. Yeah, Okay. In a sense, you're not, you're not striving to go to heaven, you're striving to be with God. Love it. I'm almost tempted just to keep this question going, but I love some of the answers, but there's a different, depending on who you are, you're going to give a different kind of answer, aren't you? So none of your answers are wrong. But the point is, throughout all of you that's just answered there, what do you understand of? Because you've got to understand it. What do you understand of John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only unique son as a gift, so that now everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 14, 6, Jesus said this, didn't he? And you've just said this one. I feel John wants to share a bit more. I'll just read this and I'll let you go. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. Or you may say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's, that's, that's, that's a good verse to say, but n- Reading and knowing those verses that Jesus is the only way to, Father, to the Father is, is completely valid, but you need to understand that. You need to really inhabit that. You need to really believe that. And that as a Christian, there are no other paths to salvation. There are no other... Not all spiritual paths lead to, lead to salvation. I know what John's getting at, that, that we, our aim isn't to get to heaven. Our aim is to bring heaven down, actually. So, are you equipping yourself with the tools and knowledge you need to effectively share the gospel with others? Um, Which is what we're commanded to do by Christ. We're commanded to make disciples. And without that disciplined routine of study, I think, I think, I'm going to suggest, it'll be harder to know how to share Christ with others if we're not studying his word. We've got to make it a habit to study God's word. Because if the word is revealing Christ, and we want to bring Christ to the world, then then we've got to study it, haven't we? We've got to understand it. And in order to know our Bibles really well, I think it takes a combination of a few things. First, we've got to hear the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith, then, is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. And I believe that that means this. This is what I believe, all right? I'm happy for you to disagree. But I'll stand, I'll stand my ground on it. I think that some of the ways in which we hear the word of God is we don't miss local church meetings on a Sunday. Because if you're committed and you're part of a community, then God's going to be speaking into that community of which you've committed yourself. And therefore, if you want to hear what God's saying to that community, you've got to what? You've got to, you've got to be here got to be here you've got to be part of it for some people that also might involve small groups you know for the churches communities for us discipleship triplets what's God saying to you as a triplet as that small community that you've you've decided to kind of share life with one another that's why being involved in a triplet is so important or maybe it's just meeting with friends for the purpose of bible study but actually I don't think it's or actually I think it's and and you know, meeting with friends, just so we're just going to study the word together. 
We're going to encourage one another, we're going to argue with one another, we're going to debate with one another, but we're going to love each other and we're going to see what the word says together. And we're going to come to some conclusions about some things. And it, it can mean as well, also listening to speakers on, on Christian TV, if that's what you'd like to do, watching them on YouTube, which, which I do, um, or listening to a Christian radio station, which there's only two in the UK, and there's Premier TV and uh, Premier Christian Radio and then UCB. I don't know if there's any other Christian radio stations. It also includes, you know, going, it's okay to go to conferences or, or, or seminars. But here's the crazy thing about living in the Christian world. You could literally live your life going from seminar to seminar to conference to conference and actually live within that Christian bubble and never, never meet the world. So don't do that all the time. Um, but it's certainly a good thing to dip your toe into every now and again and be inspired and to understand and hear what is God saying about our nation as well as just our local church community. And it's something I've started doing. And I haven't, I, for years I don't do this because I always scruffy handwriting, but... Make it a practice to take notes. And all of you who are not taking notes this morning probably still feel guilty. I don't. That's the point is here for us to learn and for us to develop. Learn to take notes. Actually with, with your hand, with a pen. Which is surprising that I'm saying that, Mr. Tech Guy. Um, because apparently, you, well no, not apparently. It's been proven that helps you remember stuff more. Forgive me, Paul. Um, I, I do that as well, but you know it, it does. So I've started using my Apple Pencil, which is here, and actually, so I, I'm combining the two things here. Um, so I use this, and I, I actually start to write things down. So if you're listening to a sermon or you're involved in a Bible study, have that notebook with you or your iPad or whatever, and jot down scripture references, main ideas, key points. What what's what's going on? And not only will taking notes help you better remember and understand a sermon, how many times, uh, well, I can tell you how many times I've asked somebody, well, what did you think about the sermon on Sunday, on the Tuesday? They go, it was great. What was great about it? Um, it was great. Uh, and it's, okay, you know, it was a good sermon. I kind of get the idea of it, but I can't remember detail. But if you took notes, you would. You'd, you'd remember why it was great, why it was good, why it was helpful. Um, so they'll, they'll help you remember, they'll help you understand, but they'll also become a tool, hopefully, <laughs> become a tool for you later down the road if you want to reference stuff, if you want to reference things way, you know, in, in, in months or years to come. Um, the next thing that helps us hear God's word is, is actually reading and studying the Bible. That sums up what I'm talking about this morning. Uh, Deuteronomy 17 from around verse 18 onwards says this, uh, that scroll is to remain at his side at all times. He is to study it every day so that he may learn what it means to fear his God, living, living in reverent obedience before these rules and regulations by following them. He mustn't become proud and arrogant, changing the commands at whim to suit himself or making up his own versions. Uh, if he reads and learns, he'll have a long reign as king in Israel. Now, I've taken that out of context. I have completely, blatantly, as I talked about not taking things out of context a few weeks ago, I have completely taken that out of context. But it's, it's, it's taken out of context to make a point, all right? So you know it's out of context, but the point is this. Reading and studying aren't the same thing. Reading and studying aren't the same thing. There's a difference between the two. Reading the Bible is good, and at least it's a start. Um, but if we don't take time to look in depth at what we're reading, we won't get anywhere near as much as we could out of what we're, what we're, what we're reading. Sometimes it's beneficial, sometimes it is beneficial to just sit and read your Bible without any other distractions. 
So actually, you're not going to take any notes, you're not going to do any kind of study, you're just going to read it. And that really is so much better than, than not at all. Um, but it's also important, it's also important that we use reference materials, commentaries and, and study guides when we study the Bible. You can read, you can listen to the Bible now on the Bible app and what have you and a lot of other things you can listen to. it. So if you struggle reading, you can listen. There's really no excuse not to get into the Word, is there? I'm sure there are other ways and means of doing it as well. Um, but here's some things that, that I use. And again, these are online stuff, but there are actual books you can use. A concordance is a great tool to have around when studying the Bible. Because it gives, concordance gives background information on words and, and gives us a fuller meaning to what we're reading. There are also lots of Bible commentaries out there. Uh, commentaries, they, they generally pick particular books of the Bible and they go really in-depth and in detail about them. So these offer good, deep insights to what we're reading and they'll give us a good historical background to what we're, we're reading as well. Help you with that context that I keep mentioning every other week now. But here's another thing that will help us get to know our Bibles better. And that is to memorise the Word of God. So why we sing so many songs. You, you know, as you, you start reading bits of Scripture, you start singing it because you realise you've sang it through, through song. It's a good way to memorise Scripture. I'm not going to argue or debate about the quality of songwriting now to years back then, but, but it's a good, it is one good avenue way of doing that. Now, listen, I confess, I'm really bad at memorising stuff. I have to write everything down, because I just, I just can't remember a lot of stuff. Um, but but I, think it, I still think it's a good practice to get into. Um, if you ever get into a conversation with a Muslim, right? Anybody spoke to a Muslim recently? I mean, just, just, and, and just talk to them as normal human beings, it's all right? You know, and if anybody of any other faith, but I want to talk about primarily about Muslims right now because if they're, if they're, they're really working out their religion, and then it's not Muslims by you know uh, race, but but Muslims by by faith, as it were. You'll often hear that they're quite shocked that that as Christians we we can't read any bits of our scripture without needing it in front of us. That they're shocked that we don't memorize. They they memorize whole books of of, of the Quran. Like, in fact, the, 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 one of their aims is to know it all and to be able to read it all and, and what have you. Now, I'm not suggesting that we all turn to Islam and, and follow the Prophet Muhammad. I'm not. But, but we can learn something from that. We can learn something about the, how seriously they take their holy book. And if you want to be taken seriously by those that you're trying to reach, particularly those of other religions then knowing your scripture gives you a really helpful start. The scriptures, they're full of passages that indicate God's desire for us, to, that we're to saturate our life in his word. Deuteronomy 6.6 6 says, Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. And Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. I've said this before, but how many times have you been in situations where you didn't know what you were going to say, but you asked Christ before you went in, give me words to say by your spirit, and suddenly you were able to speak wisdom that you didn't know where it had come from. I do that a lot. People say, you sound very wise, Mark. I have no idea why. Well, actually, I do know why. 
It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit in me bringing those words out of me. Scripture, memorization, it's a great tool to really get to know what God is saying through the Bible because those words then, they're in our hearts, aren't they? said so John 3.16, I bet most of you know that and could say it off by heart. Good start, well done. I can just about manage that one. I'm trying to change it, but even for me, I struggle. But I think it'd be a good thing to do. Think about some advantages that memorising scripture gives us. It increases our knowledge of the word, doesn't it? And, and gives us a foundation for our lives to continue building on. In 2 Timothy 3.16, there's lots of 3.16s that are very good. Uh, to 17, it says this, and you'll know it if, if, if you've been in the word for a long time. Every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. I do love the Passion Translation and the way it puts stuff. Here's one final thing we should get into the habit of doing to really know our Bibles. And that is to meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on those words that God has given us and so we can apply them to our lives in the right way. Now, meditation, it sometimes has bad connections, the connotations to it, doesn't it? Om, you know, that kind of (laughs) stuff. Apparently, Om is is a God's name and that's what they're chanting over and again. So, don't say the om, when you, even when you're you know, pretending. Because anyway, Christians, I think, it can, I think for us, it simply means to quietly reflect on what we've read and learned after reading the Bible. It means this, it means, it means and this is, so, this is such a struggle in 21st century great, you know, Britain. Sitting still and being quiet. And waiting for God to reveal something into your heart. It is difficult, but I want to challenge your priorities. Because, you know, I, have, I watch lots of TV. I could take time out of watching some TV and just sitting and meditating on God's word. And I'm sure one or two of you in here could do that as well. It's just, where, where are your priorities? Where are they lying? That's, that's the thing. If I said to you, there's a million pound waiting in London, you just got to get there tomorrow, I bet you'd buy a ticket and go, regardless what was happening in your world. And if we value God's word just as much, then we'll give it time and we'll prioritise it over other things. Now, so sitting still, being quiet, waiting for God to reveal something. It's not a time for technical studies or analysis, despite all that I've just said. It's actually a time to allow God to speak to you through the scriptures. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this about the meditation of scripture. Just as you do not analyse the words of someone you love, um, but accept them as they are said to you, accept the word of scripture and ponder it in your heart. Isn't that good? You don't like to say to your wife or your husband, can I just analyse what you've just said and just break it down a little bit? You you, you don't do that. Unless you're Alan. Um, (laughs) Oh, Hillary. <laughs> um, that's meditation. That's, that's, that's what it is. Simply accept the scripture or scriptures on which you're meditating. Let your heart and your mind soak 
in it so that God can begin to speak to you. And that really does mean no distractions. I want us to do something practical before I finish. Let's see together how easy meditation might be. Why not? Why not right now? You're not doing anything else. So open your Bibles, those who've brought them. And if you haven't brought your Bible, share it with somebody near you. I want you to turn to John 14, 27. You'll know it as soon as I start to read it, if you don't memorise it already. In my translation, it says this. I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. So I'm going to ask you to meditate on that in a moment. And I just want to remind you that meditating on that scripture, it's, we're, not, we're not trying to think about and dissect what peace means. We're not trying to take the words apart. I just want you to focus on the truth of what that passage speaks of and allow your heart, your mind, your soul to be flooded with the peace that God can bring you. And imagine your fears being lifted from you and God replacing those fears with his peace that passes all understanding. So I'm going to read it one more time. You can read it to yourself in your scriptures and then just give us a few moments for you just to meditate on that. I, I leave the gift of peace with you. My peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And after you've read it, Close your eyes. Okay, that was only about two minutes. I don't know how long it felt to you. How easy was that? Tell me, feedback to me. How easy was that for you to begin to think and soak? What was that? Doddle. Eh? A doddle. A doddle. <laughs> Did anybody find it hard? Are you, are you thinking about other things? Yeah? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 they do, don't they? That's like knocking on your door and knocking on your door and ringing your bell. It's not as easy, but if, if, it's, if it's something you can begin to get into, begin to get into the, the routine of doing, you'll find it easier. And it's okay to be distracted, as long as you pull yourself back. 
it's okay to fall asleep as long as you wake up. Um, just, just my, my point is about meditating on his word and let it speak to you. And then write down what you might have heard. Because if you're like me, you'll forget. All right? Write it down. It could be something that the whole church community needs to hear. It might not just be for you. It might be for somebody else. How much more powerful would it be if we had words for one another? If we come in rushing on a Sunday going, I've got this word for you. You know, we've got these real tangible things, practical things. The Holy Spirit is saying and doing this for me. I need to give it to you. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Obviously, weigh it up, you know. Weigh up any prophetic word given to you. But that'd be great. So please, I encourage you, begin to, begin to take that time. At some point in your week, try and make it a habitual thing and then make it a, regular, a more regular habitual thing. When meditating on scripture... Enter it, like I said, enter it not as an observer or reader, but like, I don't, it's quite hard to visualise, but like an active participant, like you're in it, Be a, yeah, you're not just an observer and you're not just a listener of the word, but, but, but you're, you're part of the story. Um, James, book of James sums it up for us in, in the first chapter from verse 22. Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that's the essence of self-deception. Always let the word become like poetry, written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and you forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty, are fascinated by it and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all they do. Wow. So if we're not into these good habits, we'll momentarily be okay with it and we'll, we'll take a bit of it out into the world, then we'll begin to forget. But if we're steeped in it, if we're soaked in it, if we become part of the story we'll begin to change those lives that we connect with around us. And who will be blessed? I, I just want to give you a taste of why it's important to study the Christian. I wanted to give you just that, to galvanise you in, back into action, as it were, if, if you've been a committed Christian for a long time. Because here's the thing, though, none of what I've said matters if we don't put it into practice. James tells us that we're deceiving ourselves if we just listen to the word. We, we've got to do what it says, too. If we're simply hearers and we're not doers, we're like someone who sees himself in that mirror, goes away and forgets what they look like. Again, let's listen to that verse from John one more time. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. If we study scripture, um, and if, if, we, if we begin to know it backwards and forwards, but, but if but, but we don't then put it into practice, we'll probably never receive, we might not ever receive that peace that Jesus wants to give us. If, if, we, study this, if we study that scripture or one like it and then, then go and become engulfed in our, in, our, in our daily jobs without meditating on that scripture and we become doers of words, and, and we won't be opening ourselves up to receive the peace that Christ can offer us from the stresses of our daily lives. 
If we learn the fruits of the Spirit that it's mentioned in Galatians, what are those? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yet, if we don't put them into practice in our lives, then what good are they? We've got to be doers of the word, not just hearers. I think it's absolutely necessary for us to know God's word and to apply it in our lives so that we can be effective disciples for Christ. And even though it might not be the most, this might not have been the most exciting topic to preach on or listen to, I don't know how you found it for the last half an hour or so, I I firmly believe it's something we need to hear from time to time so that we can examine our own personal study practices. And my challenge to you all, and honestly, especially to myself, is a clear one. Um, As disciples... We must spend time increasing our knowledge and understanding of Scripture. We've got to do that if we want to effectively lead others. So let me leave you with some questions and a final point. What areas do you need to work on? Do you need to become more disciplined in devoting time to God for personal study? Is God calling you to put more energy into memorising Scripture so that you'll be equipped for his work? Are you studying the word but struggling to apply it to your life? The challenges and commitments that we're called to make as disciples aren't easy. And they require discipline. But let's, come on guys, let's set ourselves the challenge of discipling ourselves to become hearers, studiers, meditators and doers of God's word. Bless you. Whether you are listening or watching, we hope you enjoyed this message. Please consider giving us a rating on your preferred podcast provider. If you're watching, please hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you never miss another video from Freedom Church.